So uh, we are Mark chapter 14. Before we get into it, let's pray and, uh, and then ask the Lord's blessing on this time. Lord, thanks for this morning. Thanks for your word. Thank you, Lord, that when we get distracted, when we are caught up in the details, when we chase things other than you, you stay at work. You stay on task. You try to get our attention and you follow through as it is written. Man, we thank you for that, Lord. We need you so desperately. And Lord, I pray that you would be with us this morning in this in this passage. Uh, as you inspired your servant Mark to write it, Lord, I pray in the same way you inspire us to understand it. I pray that we would do this uh, to the honor of your son, Jesus. And in his name we pray it, amen. Amen. Okay, we got uh, ushers coming down the aisles. We got Bibles and outlines if you want to follow along that way. Pens if you want to write something down. Uh, and then prayer request cards if you want to fill out something that we can pray for. Our staff and our prayer team would love to pray for you. There's an offering basket in the back by the de- by the tables back there, the rock wall. There's like six different things you can sign up for to volunteer or attend a dinner or what. All that stuff. We're not going to go through it. But go back there. There's like at least three or four things for you. Back there is where you can put in put in your prayer request card or your sheet. Fourteen thousand videos. Get your email on that list and get a free invite. It's a paid service. The church is covering the cost. It's free for you. All we need is your email, and you have access to fourteen thousand video series. Your kids are on their electronic devices all the time. Get your grandkid your password and get them signed up. Maybe they'll watch some stuff that's better for them than the crap that they're watching now. Amen. I just said crap and we said amen. Okay. (laughs) There's crap out there. I'm giving you 14,000 references to blessing and amazing and well done stuff. In fact, student ministry has already started. One of the series is off that media thing and they're already, they've already jumped in. Okay. And absolutely love it. All right, so get that thing filled out. There's a basket for that. There's a basket for your prayer request cards. Other than that, we're 72 verses to the wind this morning, folks. Welcome to Mark chapter 14, and it's dark. I joke with you from time to time. Welcome to Bummer Sunday. (laughs) Some of you go, 72 72 verses? This is a bummer. No, we're going to fly. But in those 72 verses, there's some dark stuff. And you might start to feel... Whoa, bummer Sunday. I guarantee you it's, it's happy Sunday. Okay, so hold on. We'll get there. It's dark or shady, but it's going to end up good. Amen? You trust him? Absolutely. Mark chapter 14, Jesus is in Jerusalem. We've entered into town on Palm Sunday. Uh, next Sunday for us on our calendar that, this week is going to be Palm Sunday. We already covered that, and he's had his triumphal entry into town. Giuseppe went over that a couple weeks ago uh, as it happened in Mark. But we're a few days into this. We're actually Thursday of Passion Week. We're Lord's Supper Day of Passion Week. Lord's Supper is going to be in this passage. We're going to get into that. We're not going to cover it too much tonight because you're coming to a free dinner, and you're bringing whoever you'd like to sit with, to a free dinner and we're going to have a blast. All right. There's a whole page of signups already full. We're on second page. Okay. Too late for you to be a first pager. You can be a second pager, but you're too late. Okay. 
get there, there's going to be a hundred people at least. It's going to be crazy. And we're going to learn about Lord's Supper more that night. Today, we're rest of the passage. Uh, and you're, uh, Peter denies Jesus three times. Remember that? That's this chapter. Judas betrays Jesus once. Rooster crows twice. One betrayal, two rooster crows, three denials. Whew, the numbers are going to get ugly. And we're going to see how it turns out well. Mark chapter 14, verse 1, here we go. Now we're two days before the Passover of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. He wanted to do it quietly. Why? For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. Don't ruin our holiday. We'll kill him when it's convenient. It's a very poetic commentary on the day and the culture back then. Verse 3, and while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, comma, pause. There's a whole sermon right there in that phrase. Where's Jesus hanging out? He is hanging out at unclean leper's house. (laughs) You don't hang out with a leper. You You know what happens when you touch a leper? I mean... The least of it, someone might call you unclean. The worst of it, body parts start falling off. You don't hang out with lepers, let alone go into their domain. The place where they live and touch everything. He goes, Jesus says, oh, I'm not worried about this. This is who I came for. He walks into his house and hangs out in his house. Love that. Okay, let's pretend you heard a whole sermon on that. Okay, and then let's move on. As he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment, pure nard, very costly. Do you know how many times the Bible used the word very? Very seldom does the Bible use the word very. This wasn't just costly. It was astronomical. Okay, would have been a great word for the translator right there, but I don't don't think they wanted to use that one. Uh, She broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was the ointment wasted like that? Was the the ointment wasted? No. No matter how expensive an ointment is, is it ever more valuable than the person it's used on? I mean, if it's not Jesus. No matter who you use it on, they're more valuable than the ointment. Amen? So someone's got their perspective backwards. They're worried about this ointment. For, verse 5, Judas would say, we find out from a different gospel's account of this story, Judas would say this ointment could have been sold for more than, how many hundred denarii? 300 denarii. Why not just say... A very costly amount. I mean, they already said very costly, right? They just use it again. They could have said a lot of money, a year's wages, multiple years' wages. They could have given us a better reference, but instead he says 300 denarii. I just want that number three to stick in your head because I'm going to, well, I'm going to beat you over the head with it later, okay? So I just wanted to be there when you're, and be, you'd be ready for it. Uh, 300 denarii, and, the, and it could have been given to the poor, and they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble you? She has done a beautiful thing for me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. There's a whole other sermon right there. 
one of our roles as a church is to reach out and help the poor. Amen? Is Jesus saying we shouldn't help the poor because he says, no, don't scold her. She did a beautiful thing and you can help the poor later. He's saying we shouldn't help the poor. No, he's just saying the exact opposite. He's saying we should help the poor as often as you can. You're going to have them all the time, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. Oh, what a statement. What's expected of you? What you could do, what you can do, right? Nothing more, right? She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for a party as a gift. Why that word? He's telling the boys, guys, have you been paying attention for years? I've been doing miracles, teaching, all kinds of stuff. And I've been telling you, in the end, we're going to head to Jerusalem. Uh, Newsflash, where are we, guys? We're in Jerusalem. You're worried about this ointment and whether she poured it on my head or not. You should be worried about where we're going. I'm headed to burial. I'm clear. Pun intended. I'm dead clear on where I'm going. Right? And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Amen. 2,000 plus years later and we're still talking about her. Love it when Jesus is... uh, uh, prophecies come true. Don't, aren't you? Don't you love it when, they, when he's right? Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the, what? I thought he was one of the disciples. Well, duh, Scott, of course. Uh, why did the distinction, why are you mincing words right now, Scott? Well, I'm mincing words because Mark is. He could have called them the disciples. He could have called them the followers. He could have called them his precious. He could have called them many things. He calls them by a number, 12. And what I need you to see in this passage is that numbers are pretty prolific. And you're going to see a bunch of them. And you're going to be referred to as the 12 throughout this passage and never as the disciples, really. Maybe once. He was one of the twelve and went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad, promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. Twice now we've heard betray him. And the first day of unleavened bread, when the sacrificed the Passover lamb. There's like irony in the Bible. Do you enjoy irony? I, I enjoy irony when my kids say, Oh, Dad, you don't understand what it's like to be young. (laughs) Really? Dad, you never went to a public school. You were never in high school. You never had a girlfriend. You never this. You never that. Really? I did all of those things, and I praise the Lord God on high that they're all over. (laughs) I know exactly what you're going through, and I praise God that you're going through it because I don't want to. I love irony. He just told the boys, we're going to burial. I'm going to be a sacrifice. And then Mark says, oh, and by the way, this is when we sacrifice the Passover lamb. He ties those together. Brilliant writing on Mark's part. Uh, Of course, he had a good teacher. Amen. Uh, But, you know, Passover lamb was a celebration where they honored the angel of death passing over their house and not killing their firstborn because they had killed a lamb and spread his blood over the doorpost of their house. 
Therefore, the angel of death passed over their house. And we celebrate that every year that there was a lamb sacrifice for those who could live. By the way, I'm on my way to burial. Like the Passover lamb. Uh, Those aren't coincidental, folks. Those are statistically significant to be mentioned together. Uh, When they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, "Uh, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him wherever he enters. Say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where's my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. They're pretty specific instructions. He says, okay, go into this. Two of you, you two. Here, come here. You two, go into the city. uh, Find a guy. He's going to take you to a house. When you get to that house, find the master. When you see the master, here's exactly what I want you to say. Call me the teacher and tell him that the teacher wants this. He's going to take you to an upper room. That's where we're doing Passover. Make sure you ask him if that's where we can do Passover. Very specific details, right? Does God have specific things for you to do? Absolutely, right? And the disciples, verse 16, and the disciples set out and went into the city, found it just as he told them, and they prepared the Passover. Period, end of story. You know what that is? That's a whole other sermon. It's on obedience. God has specific things for you to do, specific sets of instructions. He says, hey, go do this, 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 and this. And we'll have a party. And they did it. And they had a party. You know, you know, most of the stories in the Bible are different than that. Most of the stories, God gives specific instructions and, da, 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 and a guy or gal or whoever it is, uh, they invite Jack over and Jack jacks it all up. They mess it up, whatever. Jack and Will show up and they just, they do whatever they will and they jack the whole place up, right? Uh, you know those two guys, by the way, Jack and Will. Uh, they're related to you. <laughs> this is one of the only times where we, where we follow very specific instructions and, and, and look at what a short story it is. It's over. Note this. I forgot, I forgot first service to cover this. This is your second service extra. What did he call the 12 through that whole section of the story? The disciples. Now watch this. And when it was evening, he came with the... And we're back to 12 again. You got a little positive story about the disciples because disciples are being discipled and they're learning. Discipline, disciple, right? From the leader and it worked. That's, you know, how your life is meant to be, by the way. Uh, When you jack it up and you follow will, you become a number. Okay, a statistic, right? One of the 12. Watch what happens to the 12. And it was evening. He came with the 12. And as they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. One who is eating with me. Does he give a name? No, doesn't even get a name. What's he get? A number. You've been reduced to a number. You're one of the 12. This is a positive story? No, they're gonna, somebody's going to betray him, right? And now when it's a negative story, now we're calling them by 12. 
They began, verse 19, they began to be sorrowful and say to him, one after another, implying how many of them? One after another means probably all of them were saying, is it I? I asked if you liked irony, folks. He says one of them is going to betray him. Why are the other 11 even asking that question? Would you have to ask that question? Wait, wait, is someone's going to betray him? I wonder if it's me. Did I make plans? Wait, did I get paid for this yet? Why, w- why would they even need to ask that question? What a goofy, backwards, sideways question. And yet they're asking it. Is it I? Judas knew. But I'm confused about the other 11. He said to them, verse 20, It is one of the 12, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. Verse 21, For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. (laughs) I love that. You guys are so much better than first service. Like five or six, you're like, ooh. Did you hear the moans? What a horrible thing to hear from Jesus. You know, it would have been better if you weren't born. Got to be careful not to look at anybody right now. (laughs) Right? I mean, you just don't want to hear that from him. And as they were eating, he took bread. After blessing it, broke it, gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. He took a cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the, what? Covenant. Promise. Bigger than promise. Heavier, weightier than promise. Which is poured out for many. You're going to betray me. One of you is going to betray me, but I'm still going to do this. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to sacrifice myself, but I'm going to sacrifice myself in the face of you're going to betray me. And I'm still going to follow through with it. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Wow. Some uh, people use that as an argument not to drink at all. By the way, that has not, that's not the point. Um, when super Christian shows up, you know, dun, 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 he's got a cape on. You'll recognize him. Oh, you're not supposed to drink at all. I have a verse. Just let them know that's not really what the verse is about. Okay. This is a statement about Jesus, not about us. Okay. And it's a, it's a statement about timeliness as in there might not be another meal for him where he gets to do this. Definitely not another Passover. Anyways, when he had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. What, what happened at the Mount of Olives? Any guesses? You're about to hear all of it, okay? So if you don't want to answer, that's, I mean, you can do the dead silent thing and the awkward pause, and I'll just read the rest of it too, and you'll know in a second, okay? But any guesses? What happens in the Mount of Olives? He gets betrayed by Judas. What else? The disciples fall asleep. He prays. What else? Hey, hey, can we, can we come up with a different plan, God? This whole crucifixion thing, I don't know, right? Take this cup for me is how he's going to say it. What else? He sweats. 
He sweats blood, and then he says, not my will, God, but your will be done. Right? Awesome. A lot of stuff is about to happen in Mount of Olives. Do you think Jesus is aware uh, that this was coming? He already told him, hey, I'm getting prepared for burial. He knows exactly what's about to happen. Biggest, heaviest, uh, let's call it four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, of the whole story. He's about to walk into that. How's he prepped for it? And when they had sung a hymn, Steve Grogan, dude, don't bounce on me. Verse 25 at the bottom. And when they had sung a hymn, how's he prep? He preps for his prayer by singing a hymn. He preps for torture, singing a hymn. Why, why do we sing a hymn? At church? No. Well, yes, but not just. I mean, is it worship? Yes. But you know that uh, singing a hymn is prep work for you. It's preparing you for whatever's next. You know, people say the funniest things to pastors. And when I say funny, I mean odd Hey, do you think we could do less songs and get just straight to the scripture? Well, I could, but you wouldn't be ready because you haven't prepped. We're supposed to sing first. Why do we sing first? I don't know. There's a verse. First they sang, then they went out. Right? Value of worship as a preparatory exercise for us. Uh, we will never eliminate singing worship. From Rock Bible Church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, and by the way, we might want to cap the end with some singing too, just to make sure. Right? Just bookend us with, with singing. That might be the best thing that we do. Okay? Uh, so they're on their way to the Mount of Olives. Verse 27. Jesus said to them, you will all fall away. Whoops. Does, does he know what's going to happen? He knows he's going to burial. And what does he know about all of the boys? How many of them? Because we've only, we've only named Judas so far. Hey, all 12 of you, suckers. Oh, and by the way, I know this, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Amen? Well, I don't know. Do we want to say amen to that? I mean, I asked you earlier, do you love it when his prophecies come true? Not always. We're going to strike the shepherd and the sheep are going to scatter. Do you scatter? When he takes a hit, do you scatter? Don't answer that out loud in public. Verse 28, but after I am raised up. What's that imply? He knows he's going to get struck. He knows that the sheep are going to scatter, but he's going to raise up anyways. That means he's going to get struck anyways. Hey, wait, if you're all leaving, why am I doing this again? Hey, God, can we rethink this? Because they're all going to scatter. Well, Let's come up with a different plan. He says, no. I'm, when I get raised up, right? What a great statement, implying he's going to stick with the plan. I will go before you to Galilee. What's the value of that? Oh, we, we know where he's going to be next. No. You get to see him again. You're going to scatter, and I'm going to maintain relationship with you. You're going to scatter but I have covenant. Love that. Peter said to him, 29, Peter's the best. 
okay? He's the best one. We play favorites here, okay? We just do. Uh, he's the guy you're going to want to talk to when you get to heaven because you're going to have so many questions and you want to hear the stories because Peter's the guy who opens his mouth. Peter's the guy who sticks his foot out. Peter's the guy who gets out the sword and, and freaks out. Peter's the action guy, right? And we love him because we learn from him because he knows Jack and Will really well, doesn't he? <laughs> Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And you know how this story goes, right? I mean, even if you've never gone to church, most people know about this. Peter's going to deny him three times. Jesus said to him, verse 30, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, how many times? You will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John. Oh, now we've named four of them. Judas, Peter, James, John. We will never name the other eight. Not in this passage. How many guys are going with him to Gethsemane to the garden? Nope. How many are going? They're named right there. Three. Peter, James, and John are going. Three. Remember I said... I want this three in your head because I'm going to beat you over the head with it later. I just want it ready. So the three boys go with him and he and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. He was. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and what? You have a job. Remain here. Here's what you're to do. Watch. Um, is it possible to watch and sleep at the same time? You sure? Okay. Then let's go. Uh, And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Amen? Amen. You just claimed something. Remove this cup from me. Is that a command or a question? Gosh, I don't know, Scott. I don't want to answer that question, right? Remove this cup from me, he says, yet not what I will, but what you will. Is that an important verse? How do you know? Because One, because Jesus said it. Look at the top of your outline. I think this is where the whole passage hinges. This is what it's about. Why does Peter struggle? Because he's, he's, he's struggling with this, yet not what I will, but what you will. Why do the disciples question the alabaster flask of ointment? Because they're struggling between the two wills. Right? And he came, and he found them watching. No. He found them waiting? No. He found them not watching, but sleeping. And he said to Peter, I think he said it this way. Simon, are you asleep? I think he said it that way. Maybe not. Could you not watch one hour? Watch and? I gave you one job. You jacked that up. Okay, tell Jack to go home. Now I'm going to give you two jobs. Watch and pray. If you can't just watch because you're not doing anything, then here, here's something to do. Maybe now you'll stay awake that you may not enter into temptation. 
The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You heard that one before? Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. By the way, we use that out of context almost every time. <laughs> okay? But, but no greater authority has any man ever had to make that statement than Jesus right there. Because he knows what he's about to walk into, burial. He's getting prepped for it. He knows that he's got to be resurrected as well. And he says, my spirit knows what I got to do. That's why I said your will, not mine. But the flesh can't handle it. I've got a will battling me because it's going to be costly, painful, whatever. And folks, the reality is, is you, that same will lives in your life. Of the stuff you want versus the stuff that's best. And he says, hey, the flesh is weak, but here's where the battle is. It's with the spirit. And again, verse 39, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. He went and prayed the same things. Do you think he's going to come back and find the same things? A little mini series here. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know what to answer him. That's, that's, um, that's my wife's first delivery. You know, when your eyes are so heavy and you can't stay awake. It's not a story about my wife. This is a story about me. We're, we're expecting our first and we're doing all those things that they say, you know, all those wives tales, you know, Oh, go on a bunch of walks. It'll make the baby come sooner and it'll make your delivery easier. Go eat that really spicy Italian pizza at the place up in Danville or whatever. It's all a crock folks. Just pray. That's the only thing that really works. Okay. Uh, but we have this nice long day and everything's good and we're tired and we're about to call a long day to an end. It's about 1130 at night. And she says that one sentence. What's that sentence? It's time. It's time. What a horrible words. <laughs> At 11.30 p.m. Oh, we're going to start now. We don't get to the hospital till about just after midnight. And then she goes into 20 hours. I'm about 16 hours into, I've been up for a whole day. And now I've been up all night. And she's four hours from actual delivery. And, and I can't, I can't, I can't, I keep falling asleep. You wish you could have been a fly on that wall. You've never seen Scott in trouble like that one. What are you doing? You can't even stay awake. Well, my eyes are heavy. What do you have to say for yourself? I got nothing. Right? The boys are having this experience. They don't know what to say. And he came a third time. How, uh, oh, how many times? Third time. Huh. And said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It's enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Uh, is Judas there yet? Not yet? He's coming, though. You might see him in the distance. But Jesus now says in the face of the three boys who fell asleep on him three times, I've been betrayed by sinners. I'm, I'm believing there are some double meanings in that. But here comes Judas, right? Son of man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. Verse 42, rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the 12. There's our number again. And with him, crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. 
Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man. Seize him, lead him away under guard. And when he came, he went up to to him at once and said, Rabbi, which means teacher, and he kissed him. And they they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ears. Awesome. Now we got a movie. Not for Mark. Mark says that's not the important part of the story. I'm not going to tell you about that. You got to hear that from another gospel. I need you to see the sets of three and the other things that are going on here. In fact, I need you to hear from Jesus right there. Verse 48, Jesus said to them, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I was with you in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. Day after day, I was in the temple and you didn't take me. Is there a double meaning there? Day after day, I was teaching you gold. I was giving you the kingdom and you didn't take it. You didn't receive it. You didn't take me in. Kind of interesting because he has just said, hey, here's my body. Take it. Here's my blood. Take it. Little subtle uh, things going here all at the same time. Uh, Very fun. Uh, Day after day. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. Amen. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed, verse 41, uh, with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. What? Mark? I mean, Mark, come on. You are just the facts guy. Why do we need to have this story? What an awkward couple sentences. Was this meant to be comic relief? No. No. It just said that, and they all left him and fled. And now he gives an example of how hard they were trying to get away from him. I will run away naked if I have to, to get away from you. I will turn, not just turn on you. I will turn and leave everything literally behind. If I got to run away in my birthday suit, that's what I'll do to get away from you. Talk about denying Jesus. Ouch. And they led Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests and elders and scribes came. Uh, How many bodies of people in that sentence? Yeah, we got uh, chief priests, elders, and scribes. Okay. Earlier it was uh, chief priests, scribes, and elders. You keep doing sets of three. Why is this? We're going to find out. Peter had followed him at a distance. Hey, there's a commentary for modern day Christians. I, I got a bumper sticker. I, I pray before dinner each night. God is great. God is good. Thank you for this food or something. I don't know. I follow him, but I follow him at a distance. I never forget my dad. We went through the drive through window at like McDonald's or someplace one time. <laughs> We're about, I mean, the bags come through the window. It's like blood in the water, Right. Boom, <laughs> climbing all over people. It's walking dead. All of a sudden, zombies, and we're eating each other. And I mean, just get the food. My dad stops us. What? We're going to say grace. Now, I can't remember word for word what he said, but it was a cute little rhyme. 
And it ended with the line that we got through the drive through window. And, 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 it, and I was shook. It was like I took, a, I mean, the champ's taking a blow and I'm dizzy and I'm spinning going, what did he just do? My dad found a funny way to thank God for the food, even though it was just food through the drive through window. And he incorporated it into a little poem in about three and a half seconds. And then we were done. And then the feeding frenzy continued. But it stuck with me for 40 years. I don't care where we are, what we do. We don't follow at a distance. We say grace for the food. No, my dad made some mistakes. Amen. But there were some things that I went, wow. He really thinks this is real. We have, we have to thank God for the combo meal. It really makes you think. We don't fall at a distance. Peter does. Paul is at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. He was sitting with the guards, warming himself at the fire. Glad you're comfortable, Peter. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found how many? None. Many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. Some stood up, bore false witness against him, saying, we heard him say, I will destroy the temple that is made with hands, and in how many days? I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this, their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst of it and asked Jesus, have you no answer to make? What is this these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? What a pointed, direct, cannot be misunderstood question. Are you... Mashiach. Are you Savior? Are you the suzerain? Are you the one prophesied against? Did Isaiah talk about you? That's the question he's asking. Verse 62, and Jesus said, I am. Bam! When one of the leaders in the Old Testament said, who You want me to go on this mission? You want me to do what? Who do I tell them sent me? They won't believe. Who do I say has the authority to tell me what to do that they should follow my leadership? And God says to that man, he says, you tell them I am sent you. Are you the Christ? The son of the blessed? I am. Comma, and by the way, if that's not enough, well, don't you hear some more? And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power. Not just power, but capital P power. Amen? Amen. Because, folks, there is no power outside of God. All power comes from Him. He is the definition of power. You're going to see Him at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Do you think the high priest was confused about what he said? You can, get a cl- you can get clarity on the testimony of Jesus based on the response of those around him. And watch what the high priest does when he says that. He knows exactly what Jesus has just said. He said, I tore his garments and said, what further witness do we need? You have heard his blasphemy, blasphemy deserving of death. What is your decision? And they all condemned, condemned him as deserving death. 
And some began to spit on him and cover his face and strike him. Uh, how many different things did they do to him? Three, Three right? Cover him, condemn him, spit on him. Or, uh, excuse me, yeah, strike him, spit on him, cover his face. Uh, and then they'd say prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, uh, you're also with the Nazarene Jesus. But he what? He denied it saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway and the rooster crowed. One denial, one crow. And the servant girl saw him, followed him and began again to say to the bystanders, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. Two denials, one rooster crow. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them for you're a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. Three denials, two rooster crows, one betrayal. You gotta start seeing that Mark is using numbers to help you understand something. Immediately the rooster crowed a second time and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen? Is it bummer Sunday? Are you sure? You ever heard that story before? You've all heard that story before, right? Three denials of Peter and the rooster crows and the, there's the other gospel account where it says that as soon as the second crow, then, then, uh, then Jesus and Peter saw each other eye to eye. I mean, these are crazy accounts. Uh, Mark doesn't get into any of that. These are great uh, three accusations, two from the little girl, one from the crowd, two Peter, and then you got the three denials. Those are the famous sets of three. Did you know how many other sets of three are in this passage? might want to have a little fun with it at some point. Go back and try to look at them. But uh, did you know this? How many statements did the, the, the high priest make? Any guesses? Three. Three. Good guess. Uh, how many disciples went to Gethsemane? Three. Uh, how many times did Jesus come back from prayer to see the disciples? Three. How many five times did he find them asleep? Three. Are you catching the hint here? How many groups of people condemned him? High priests, scribes, elders. What did they do to him? Cover his face, strike him, spit on him. Sets of three. I want to point out to you some sets of three from this that I haven't mentioned yet and I think are more important because it gets us to the main point. What's the main point? Verse 36. See, there were three all claims as well. Three claims about all. And this is going to move. We're going to have to move pretty fast on this. But verse 23, it says, they all drank of it. Jesus breaks the bread and, he, and he, then he takes the wine. He says, this is the blood of my covenant. It says they all drank. Not just Judas, not just Peter, not just Peter, James, and John, but all, how many? Twelve. Where's the other eight guys? Or aside from Judas and Peter, where's the other ten guys? What are all 12 doing in this passage about denial? They're all denying. That's verse 23, verse 31. He said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. This is Peter saying, you say we're going to deny you? No way. Even if they have to kill me, I won't deny you. And then this little sentence. And they all said the same. How many said it? All 12 
Remember, Mark is calling them 12, not the disciples. When they're jacking it up, he's calling them 12. Then verse 50. Day after day, he was with them in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. Verse 50, and they all left him and fled. Just a horrid set of three there. They all, they all drank. They all said it. But when it came time, they all fled. And in the face of those three all claims, there's yet one many claim. You know what the many claim was? Verse 24. He said, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Jesus knew about all the three all claims. He knew they'd all try to drink. He knew they'd all make the promise and he knew they'd all walk on him. They'd all deny him. They'd all betray him. And he says, you know what? I'm going to pour out my blood anyways for the many. Though you all turn, yet I will pour out my covenant on you. Guys, that's happy Sunday. Why is that great news for you? Wait, no, none of us really think we're Peter, do we? And none of us really think that we're Judas either. We think we're somewhere in between Judas and Peter. We're somewhere in that we're, we're like the eight, the unnamed eight. We follow kind of at a distance. And, but you know what? It's happy Sunday because there's hope for you. It doesn't matter how many times or what mistakes you've made. There's, there's a shot for you because he says his many in verse 24. After knowing, verse 27, you will all fall away. Jesus predicts. He says, you know, you're all going to fall away. And he still goes and pours out for the many. That, folks, is an example of his spirit and his will over mine. It's an example of the prayer and the statement that he makes in verse 36 at the top of your outline. He gives us many in the face of all of our denials. Second thing, love that he says this, let the scriptures be fulfilled. In the face of all that's going on, you know what Jesus keeps defaulting to? Scripture. Hey, you know, God, can we, can we pass this cup? You know, you're all going to be falling away, but... Let the scriptures be fulfilled. Verse 21. For the son of man goes as it is written of him. You know, in the midst of the shade and the battle and the rough. Never mind all that. Because the son of man goes as it is written of him. Uh, Do you know that that's true of you? Like it or not. Know it or not. uh, Feel it or not. Make sense or not. You will go as it is written of you. What? I got no say in this? You absolutely have a say in it, and it will go exactly as it is written of you. You mean even as I have a say? Yes. Well, which one is it? Both. Which begs the question, folks. What's written of you? What's written of you? A lot. I mean, if, if you're uncomfortable with that, don't buy the study version of the Bible, then there's less in it. <laughs> Is that how it works? No. It's not how it works, folks. There's a lot in there. 
The study versions meant to help you understand what is written of you. And Jesus knows, hey, look, this is going to go the way God the Father wants it to go. And I will go as is written of me. Love that he says it that way. Then verse 27. He says, you know, you'll all fall away. Remember we referenced that just in the last outline? Verse 27, you'll all fall away. You know the very next phrase is? For it is written. You're not necessarily just falling away because you're weak or you make mistakes. You're falling away because it was written. This is the way it needs to go and this is the way it will go. I will do his will. Period. Love that. And we're going to follow scripture. And then verse not 48 and not 50, but the one in between. What's it say there? Day after day, I was with you teaching in the temple and you did not seize me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. What, what if fulfilled became your new prayer? Instead of asking for, what if, what if your new prayer was God, show me fulfilled. Not, hey, God, you know my wife. Well, could you do something with the fulfilling me and my wife? Hey, God, my husband. Hey, God, my job. Hey, God, my finances. Hey, you know, with the calendar. There's so many things you could stick in there and go, could you fulfill that? How about you leave all the details out and just say, God, show me what fulfilled is. As you define it. Take take my stuff out and what does fulfilled really look like? If I saw scriptures fulfilled in my life, what would that look like, God? Show me that. What if that became your prayer? Be crazy awesome. You really would. Verse 16. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. You know what we love about the scriptures? Is there just like the specific detailed plans that Jesus gave the two disciples in prepping for the Passover? Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Here's what you'll find. And then we will party. Anybody want to party with God? I'm, I saw this. I saw this nasty, ugly dog the other day. I haven't seen one of them in ages, but it, it was one of these dogs they used to have in the old Budweiser commercials. You remember the dog, Spuds McKenzie? What was the phrase? Spuds McKenzie, the, you don't remember this? The original party animal. You guys need to get a photographic uh, memory like me when it comes to movies and commercials and lines, okay? Spuds McKenzie, the original party animal. Nope. That's when I knew that commercial was wrong for many other reasons. I know who the original party animal is. Who throws the best parties. The guy who it turns out the way he says it's going to turn out. You will find things the way he said you will find them. It will take you longer than you like. It will happen in ways different than you expect. But ultimate, here, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get to the end of your days. And people ask you, so what was it like? And, the, and here's what you're going to say. Yeah, he was right. Would you change anything? Oh, I might change anything. What have you learned? I learned he was right. I'm sorry. I just gave away the ending to your whole life. You're going to find out he was right. All right. And then lastly, what do we do? In the face of this famous story that we think about Peter denying Jesus three times, it's really about us and the scripture being fulfilled. And it's really about uh, that 36 verse. 
He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup for me. And then this, this is the great line. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus says, I'm going to put my will in subjection to yours. I've got a lot of things that I want, feel, think, planning on, fear, hope for. But I'm going to set those aside And although I have all those things, yet I will put you on top of them. You need to put Jesus yet over your will. He says, not my will, but your will be done. Verse 36. And then verse 38, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You must battle the flesh of your will. I know will. I've known will my whole life. Pretty much everywhere I've gone, will's been there. Will shows up in places I don't want him to. Sometimes I hate will. Sometimes I love will. You know what the deal is? Will is everywhere. In the cartoons, they used to pretend he's a little demon on your shoulder. Will lives right here, and Will lives right there. And I need to deny him. I need to meet his cousin. You You met Will's cousin? Willie Santos? I forgot to tell First Service his name. Willie Santos. Willie Santos is awesome. He'll lead you the right direction every time. You got to deny Will and follow Willie Santos. Will, Santos, Santos, Hispanic for holy will. Let Willie Santos, let his holy will be your new guide. I know it's corny, but you pick this church and this is what you get. Okay? You keep showing up. This is what's going to happen. Amen? Guys, the job that we have is how do we, how do we put his will ahead of ours? It's not to, to fight denying Jesus. You're going to do it on accident. You're going to do it intentionally. You're going to do it from time to time, and it's going to happen. The deal is, how do you fight to put what he wants first and make it through the crazy? Because it will get crazy. But he wants fulfillment for you. He's got a cup for you. It's a covenant. And I love that in the face of everything that he went through in this whole chapter where his disciples lose their names and become numbers, he says, hey, uh, you see this bread? My body's going to get broken. In the face of everything you guys are doing to me and thinking about me and the whole thing, I'm going to break my body. This is my body. And this, this wine, this is my blood poured out for you. It's a new covenant. No matter what you do, I will keep covenant with you. How do you know that? Because I kept covenant with Israel all through the first testament. No matter what they did, I kept covenant. And I got a new covenant for you. Now you put me first. Watch me now. I got something to do tonight. I'm going to go get tortured. I'm going to die. And then in a couple days, I'm going to get raised again. And we're going to change the whole game. The party is beginning. This is an invitation to join him. 
This morning, as you take communion, you can take it back there. Uh, you can take it here. You can take it here. But come up, take the bread, uh, take the juice, and have a moment. What do I need to submit to you, God? What do I need to give over to you, God? Where is your will need a bigger place in my life? May that be your prayer. Amen. Father, thank you for uh, this time and our and our opportunity to be in your word. Thank you for your son and his sacrifice for us. Thank you for the next uh, few days, two weeks that we have and what it represents and what it means. And I thank you, Lord, that you sacrifice yourself for us as one of the many ramifications of the cross and gave us a shot in spite of our denials to have covenant and fulfillment with you. Help us to know, Lord, what is your will for our life and what is the cup that you would have us to participate in. We do this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Let us participate together. Come on down.